Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning, <clears throat> I want to title my message as Church Social Responsibility. Church Social Responsibility. You know, today as we live in this world, we see two extreme groups of Christians on this earth. Christians who would like to change the legal system, the political system, the economic system to bring it back to the standard of the word of God. I repeat that again. Christians who would like to you know, change the political, the economical and the social system of the nation with an objective of bringing all the system in alignment with the word of God. If you come across such Christians, you know, who would spend many hours writing letters to their congressmen. This is not going well. This is not according to the word of God. Probably it's time that we need to bring some changes. You know, you can see such group of people, such group of Christians picketing in front of abortion clinics with the boats, with the hoardings, you know, standing there. We come across such Christians campaigning for the conservatives, candidates, because they, we expect them to go and, you know, give, bring the standards of word of God in the nation. They also protest against crimes and violence, and they also cry out for social justice. You know, we see such a group of Christians who are really extreme, who are very aggressive because they want to bring the standard of the word of God in the nation. They try all the means available to influence and to improve the quality of the government to conform to the standards of the Bible. So we are talking about one extreme group of Christians. Now at the same time I want to talk about another extreme group of Christians. Christians, those who isolate themselves from the society, from the social issues, they take Jesus at his word. Because Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And they very clearly say that I do not have anything to do with this world. I am having, I do not have time to deal with all the social issues what are going in this world. You know, they isolate themselves from the social issues. They refuse to involve in any of the social issues. Because they say always, all that God is asking me is to pray. And I will pray and God will do the rest. And this morning, I hope you understood the two extreme group of people that we come across every day in, this, in the Christian world. And this morning we are talking about what is the social responsibility of the church in the light of the word of God. You know, I just want to you know, turn, turn your attention straight away into the life of Jesus. Look at Jesus. You know, Jesus never tried to bring a political or economical change. Jesus never tried that. He did not try to you know, bring and establish a government that will rule the nation according to the biblical standard. No, he did not try that. But at the same time, he was not ignoring the social issues. You know, he was very much concerned about the social issues that were going on in his time. You know, I hope you will have an idea of the time when Jesus lived. 
Jesus lived in the, one of the historical moments that was most captured as it is today. That society in which Jesus lived, it was pagan. It was corruption everywhere. It exactly resembles today's culture. That culture that we are living in today. And the legal and economical oppression was there upon the Jews by the Romans. That's the time Jesus lived. But Jesus never issued a call for a political change. You know, even by peaceful means, he did not do that. He never attempted to capture the existing culture and turn that culture in a godly way. He never did that. He could have done that by the power that God has given to him. He could have done that the way he performed miracles. He could have turned everybody's attention and turned everything, everything politically into a ruling government which rules the nation according to the word of God. But he did not do it because Jesus did not come to this earth as a political or social reformer. Jesus came to this world for a purpose. But being said all this, at the same time, Jesus never ignored the social issues that he came across every day. He dealt with all the socialist issues through his preachings. He dealt with the social issues through the miracles that he performed. He dealt with the social issues through the parables Jesus spoke. Jesus was not ignorant. He was not ignoring the social issues. But at the same time, he was not trying to establish a total change government according to the word of God. So what is the stand a Christian must take when it comes to the social issues that what the church need to do today? What the stand of a Christian must be? You know, I just came across this, this comparison. Assume that you are standing in a train station and you are about to take a northbound train and that train goes to heaven. You are about to board a northbound train and that train directly goes to heaven. I wish if there's a train like that. And there are a huge number of people. They are standing there. And they are about to take the southbound train. And that goes to the hell. And people are standing there. Because they do not have any clue. What is the destination of the southbound train. Now the question is. Should you take time. To tidy up the railway station by cleaning all the boards, all the brass things that are seen there, or all the pillars. Do you really stand there cleaning up and tidy up all the, you know, the, the entire train station? Or you will make use of the time to go and tell the southbound passenger, come on, it's a time to switch the train. Come on, do not take the southbound train. Come, let's take the northbound train. Where do you spend your you know, we are living in a time where things in this world are not really going well. People in this world are not really going, walking or marching towards heaven. The majority of them, if they die today, they will go to hell. The question that you and I have, do we have time really to build a huge church? Do we have time to really decorate so many things? Do we have time to establish kingdoms and nations and you know, so many organizations and all those things? Or the church is concerned about going and meeting those southbound passengers and telling them, come on, switch the train. Come on, switch the train. It is time. Do not just go and destroy yourself. What is the stand of the church? We are talking about Jesus. 
He never came to establish a kingdom, but same time he was not ignorant of the social issues of that time. And this morning, I just want you to you know, bring all of us to an understanding so that we will know the priority of the kingdom of God on this earth. Now, I just want to take your attention to probably to, to this slide. The next slide, please. Here we see a shift that is happening in the evangelistic paradigm. A shift that has happened, that has already happened in the evangelistic paradigm. I'll take a few minutes to explain what is there, what you see there. In the early 90s or in the 1900s, you know, people, the unchurched people are reached through evangelical crusades. We don't see them any, not, not many around today. People are reached through crusades like the crusade of Billy Graham's crusade. You know, people are addressed to Christ. People are brought to Christ in the crusade level. And they accept Jesus Christ and they go into the community and they work in the community to address the causes of the community. What I mean by cause here is cause is anything that creates a social issue that needs action. Cause is anything that creates a social issue that needs action. So people are reached. Christ is preached to the community in a greater level and they accept Jesus Christ. They go into the community and they work there in the community. For example, addiction, drug addiction. People accept Jesus Christ. They go to the community. They found those drug addicts and pray with them and lay hands on them and tell them the word of God, share the love of Jesus Christ and bring them into the fold. We're talking about the 1900 scenario. But in 2000, something has changed. We cannot deny that. You know, the world has become more materialistic in nature. We see people, you know, stop going to church. People stop going to such crusades. And those crusades are no more effectively happening today. Because the evangelistic paradigm has changed. And this morning we are talking about the change that community has already undergone. What is the change? The unreached people are... You know, cannot be easily reached by such a crusades. Because they come, you know, most of the healing crusades taking place today. If you look into the statistics, people come and they get healed. They just walk on their own way. There is no commitment to Christ. They come for blessing. Once they receive the blessing, they don't turn back to God. The question is, how many of those who receive in the blessing, healing in the healing crusade, how many go back to church? How many continue to serve the Lord? It's a very few, very minimum percentage of people, they do that. But instead, in 2000s, unreached are reached by addressing the social causes. You know, sometimes the church has a little hesitation to understand this fact. I was. But this morning, I'm standing in front of you with clarity in my mind, in clarity in my thinking, and I'm sure you will get that. Unreached are reached by the causes. Christ is not presented to the community of friend today. If you present Christ today, the Christ to the term itself is offensive and people will run away. But instead, the cause is addressed. The social issues are addressed today. And eventually, you reach the community. You work among a couple of you know, people who are into addiction and they get delivered. And when they get delivered, they go into the society and the society is going to see them and they will come 
where this miracle has happened, how this life has changed, and then introduce them to Christ. Did you see the change in the scenario? You know, that's the reality that we are living in today. The gospel never changes. The gospel never changes. But today, you and I need to change to understand where this community, where the society is running towards. The society is more materialistic today. Every minute, every hour is converted into currency. Society is functioning in that way. And today the question is what the church is doing. If the church is still doing, trying to do inside four walls, it is not going to be effective. This morning we are here to understand what is the role of the church in the community. Unchurched or rich today, if we effectively address the cause, the trouble that they are living in, and then there is an opportunity to bring them to Lord God. You know, cause has a power. This morning I just want to talk about the power of cause. The power of cause. And how do you change the cross to, and how do you bring people by addressing the cross to Christ? You know, today, church is expected to address some of the social causes. For example, rescue of young girls from sex trafficking to Christ. There are many churches who are involved. I remember uh, some time back, there is one woman who came with a vision of rescuing girls from the sex trafficking and she asked us do you have any means of doing it no we did not have anything there are churches they are so deeply involved in such ministry working with the local food bank some of the causes of the society is what is listed here fundraising for the immediate need of poor people single mom elderly parents probably they may pay their rent probably they may pay their heat there are still people struggling in the society. And this morning we are talking about what is the role of the church. We cannot suddenly close our eyes and say that I will only serve God. Jesus did not do that. Then there is something wrong. Then this morning I pray that God may open our eyes to see what is the missing we are missing. Sponsoring orphan children in Uganda. We sponsor two children. Thank God for them. Building homes for homeless people in Jamaica. There are people living in the street. As a church, what you can do about it? Visiting lonely people who are near, living near in the nearby nursing home. Do you know how many people those who are living in the nursing home? They don't have even a single visitor in the entire year. When we were living in Fredericton, we were just visiting the nursing home there with 250 bed. And there was a chaplain and he told me, I will give you a list. And that list has people not even a single visitor visit them in the entire year. If you and your wife can take time and go and visit them, that's the help I need. We did that. Think about visiting the lonely who are living in the nearby nursing homes. You know, we may think that you, how do we bring them to Christ? It may not happen all of a sudden. It may not happen in the first visit. It may not happen maybe months together. But down the line, somewhere, we will get there. You know, there is a difference between church doing that social, you know, uh, ministry and a social organization doing that social ministry. Social organization does that ministry based on compassion, based on love. But church does that same ministry with an aim of leading them to eternity. Leading them to eternity, power of cause. You know, church need to get onto it once they get onto it 
we will see you know reason we will see meaning in what we do some of the social causes this morning i just listed for your reference human trafficking hunger racial discrimination child labor bullying abortion animal cruelty religious intolerance we can just go on and on there are so many things happening in this world and this morning we are talking about what is the responsibility of church in addressing some of the social issues this morning we may say that we may we are a small church we struggle even to you know bring ourselves conduct ourselves as a church but the responsibility still lies on us this morning we are here to understand what is the responsibility exactly you know we need to address there is a great need of addressing this cause inwardly as well as outwardly you know just i put a couple of you know thoughts here everyone needs a cause that is greater than their life if they don't have it then their life is meaningless and frustrating everyone needs to have a cause that is greater than their life what is the cause that we have today lord jesus christ following him following him when we consider that cause the cause of the cross greater than your life your life gives a meaning to it now there is a meaning in serving god there is a meaning in sacrificing for god there is a meaning for giving to god only when you have a cause in front of you that is a cause for which jesus died at the cross to bring people into eternity to draw people towards eternal heaven you know that is the cause when you have that cause in front of you everything you do becomes bring meaning to your life and we get never frustrated you know in the ministry it is very easy to get discouraged in in a spiritual life in, in everybody's life in all of our lives it is very easy to get discouraged lord i keep doing it lord but nothing happening as debbie was sharing this morning it doesn't really take much for us to get discouraged but when we have a cause which we value which is much greater than our lives we decide to follow the cause and this morning we are talking about the power of god and the need of church addressing that cause a church not addressing the cause of the society is totally alienated from the community a church that is not addressing the cause of the society it's totally alienated you know some of the real you know church reformers or church uh revitalization experts they say when they go to a church which is dying they see a huge difference between who are sitting in the church and the community outside if you see a huge difference between the church and the community outside that means the church is dying community doesn't come into the church just only the good old people are sitting in the pews that simply tells the church is dying a church that is not addressing the cause of the society is totally alienated from the community a church not involving directly with the cause of the society will lose its inner generation a church that is not addressing the cause of the community will lose its inner generation as they don't find meaning in what is done within four walls did you understand that that is so true today why we don't see young people in the church because they don't have they don't have anything to do with the church if they don't find anything any meaning in what we do inside the four walls because their eyes are wide open to see the kind of issues that are going on in the society you bring a godly child you try to grow him as a godly child like samuel in the church 
He's not going to stay in the church as a Samuel. The very next month he'll say, I'm going on a mission trip. I'm going on a mission trip. Why? He's driven by the cause of the cross. He knows what is really needed. He's not willing to be bound by four walls. He wants to go in the society and he wants to serve the Lord. He wants to serve the Lord. You know, this morning we are talking about the responsibility you and I have as a church in the community, a church that is not involving directly with the cause of the society. We lose its younger generation as they don't find meaning in what we do within four walls. Causes are not necessarily physical. Causes are at times emotional. Causes are at times spiritual. Who else can do that, address those causes, if not the church? All the social organizations that we see today, they may address our physical needs, but it, when, come, it comes to the soul, when it comes to the emotional and spiritual needs, they fail. They don't have an answer to it. But church has an answer to all the emotional problems today. Church has an answer to all the spiritual problems today. You know, I believe church is the best organization, well equipped to address the social causes that we see around us today. What is the role of the church? What is the role of the church? How can we draw people by addressing the cause to Christ Jesus? Today we see the community that we are living in. There are so many issues going on. We may not be able to address all the issues in the society. But there are certain predominant issues that comes in your life, in your mind. And that is brought by the Holy Spirit. As you drive, as you walk, you will come across certain things happening in the society and that burdens your heart. Those are the moments that we need to capture that. And when God gives you that moment, God gives you that burden, bring that to the church and share that burden in the church and pray for it as a first step and to think about what we can do about it. When we address as a church, when we bring the causes to the church, from the community, the issues that are going on, we may try to meet that people, those who are going through that difficult moment. Maybe somebody who is struggling to pay their bills. Somebody who is struggling to send the children because they don't, have, they don't have money to buy whatever is needed for the children to the school. Somebody who is you know, going through a difficult time. Somebody who is a single mom who is struggling to take care of all their kids. You know, so many issues that God may put in your mind. Bring that to the church and address, try to address. Even though we are a small group, I believe we are capable. Try to address those issues. You know, that meets their immediate need. Can we have a slide please? That meets their immediate need. That's a physical blessing a church can bring to the community. You would not have talked about Jesus. All that they know is you are from a church. You would not have shared anything about Christ to them. But their need is met. Their immediate need is met. Then as a child of God, you are addressing the cause and you are effectively, eventually, your objective is to drive them to Christ. You know, there you are there to meet the long-term need. Each soul has a long-term need. That is not the material need. That is a spiritual need. Where their souls will go. And when you bring them to Christ. You are addressing the eternal need. You are bringing them the eternal blessing. They are drawn to Christ. This morning we are talking about. We have a role. 
than what we do. You know, we come to, come to church every Sunday. Occasionally, we come into different services. But then that's not enough. There is a much greater responsibility that God has for each and every one of us. Church is not really expected to function between inside four walls. Not at all. Church is expected to make eternal impacts by impacting the society locally. You know, when you serve the society locally, it makes eternal impacts in the lives of people. We are in a time that we need to attach the cause with the church. Those causes are handled by somebody else. Church is keeping away from those social issues. You know, at times at the maximum we do is we pray about it and we just leave it there. But this morning God is asking us to do something more that is expected by Lord God if God is speaking to you this morning. And this morning we are just going to spend a couple of minutes to see Jesus and his ministry. How he did the ministry. Jesus, how he dealt with the social causes of his day. Jesus, like a concerned citizen, he openly took an active part in the private wedding in Cana. Because there was a social need. They were in trouble. Like an attorney, you know, he publicly defended and pleaded the case of a woman who was caught in the adultery. Think about Jesus, how he performed. You know, most of the time we look at the miracle. We look at the way Jesus performed the thing there. But what was behind it? You know, like a labor consultant, he personally went to the work site to publicly help the commercial fishermen to get their catch on the day. Like a good citizen, he publicly stated his obligations to the government to pay taxes. Like a civil rights leader, he publicly demonstrated and bridged the gap between two rival ethnic groups. Like a doctor, he publicly and personally provided medical service to those who are sick and those who are blind. Like a director of the food bank, he publicly provided food for the hungry. Like a college professor, he lectured publicly to the people. You know, like a lowly and humble servant, and he was so humble, and he was ready, willing to wash the feet of his disciples. Like a down-to-earth person, he publicly hung out with the so-called outcast. He was spending his time with the sinners. He was, you know, there for lunch with the sinners at the sinner's house. Like a committed preacher, with strong conviction, he publicly challenged the political leaders of that time. Like a person who has no respect of person, he ignored nobody. Like a bold, confident spiritual leader, he was not afraid to publicly confront the rich, powerful business leaders. Like a strong leader, he was not afraid of government officials or what they might do to him. You know, he was in front of the eyes of people always. And he was directly addressing the social causes that were found in the time of Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning we are here to understand, Lord, is that you want me to do? Do you want me to do all that I'm doing today by coming to church and going back? Or there is something more that you expect me to do? The stagnant water the stagnant water, there's a problem. The stagnant water, mosquitoes, okay. The stagnant water stinks. The water doesn't flow, it smells very bad. But when the water starts flowing, there will be blessing. As long as we sit inside the four walls, we are just like stagnant water. 
God cannot do anything with us. Miracles are performed when we go to the place where it is needed. Miracles are performed when we go to the place where people are starving for a miracle. When we go, when we lay hands, miracle will happen. We don't need more teaching. All that we know. All we know. But the problem of the church today is not going. And this morning God is telling you, I called you as a church, but there is a greater purpose in your life. I want to use you in my kingdom. The reason I called you from the life that you are living, I'm not called you just to come inside the church and go, but I called you to do great exploits in my kingdom. Let's look at what Jesus did. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verses 2 to 8. John chapter 13. Verse 2. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Verse 3 says, John chapter 13, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things to his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then Peter, he came to then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, "Lord, are you washing my feet?" Jesus answered and said to him, "What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this." Peter said to him, "You shall never wash my feet." Jesus answered him, "If I do not wash you, you have no part with me." Here we see an amazing act that Jesus performed. Of washing his disciples feet of course it is an act of love it is an act of humility it is an act of service Jesus wanted to do it he was just kind of demonstrating the kindness he has towards people that he could even humble himself such a great extent and to show that I love you. I care for you. I'm not different than you. We are just together. We are just all together. In a church setup, you know, this is what I can understand. This removes any discrimination that we see today in the church. You know, even in the church, there are so many discriminations. You know, people are given relative importance. People are given different importance at the church. But when it comes to the matter of washing the feet, you know, that's the reason some of the churches, they have, a, they, have a, they have a ceremony of washing feet. Thank God for them. What does it really mean? It means that it removes all the you know, disparities, all the dissimilarity, this all removes everything and it brings everybody equal. You don't have an option of washing your spouse's feet. You don't have an option of, you know, washing a person, someone who really looks good. It's random. You may have to wash even unknown person's feet. Right? So that brings everybody equal. Now in the overall context, Jesus is telling that it is very important 
you treat everybody equally what are the social causes attached to it untouchability predominantly we see that in india untouchability jesus was teaching that if you are a child of god you can never say that i will not touch this person he is addressing a social issue there he is addressing inequality everyone need to be treated in a equal way racial discrimination is addressed there you know jesus was addressing some of the social causes which was need, needed at that point of time jesus was not failing to address those things let's move further think about the woman who was found in adultery read about her in john chapter 8 verses 1 through 11 we'll not read that scripture because we know the story a woman who was found in adultery she was dragged to lord jesus christ and they were about to stone her to death because the law of moses says anyone who is found in adultery need to be stoned to death and she was brought to the presence of lord jesus christ and jesus is sitting there and scripture says jesus started drawing something on the ground and eventually nobody was standing there except this lady who was found in adultery you know when i think about this certainly adultery was a sin jesus was not really encouraging that adultery was a sin but jesus was also not condemning her to death jesus was telling that it is not necessary that you need to die there is an option at the same time jesus was not arguing with the people who brought that lady and telling him you know what is wrong in that why you brought her no he was not doing that but jesus was addressing a social cause that was really prevalent in that day in the society in the society women were oppressed a social cause in that society there were gender discrimination gender inequality only the women were standing there where are those men nobody was standing there only the women was brought into the presence of god where are those men who involved in that sin no there was a gender discrimination there were torture and murder in that society jesus was addressing the social cause there you know i was thinking about there are so many other women killed all across the world for the same act what is the point in jesus rescuing only that woman it is given as an example it is given that jesus is very you know particular about the social cause need to be addressed and set right jesus dealing with the leprosy we read that in mark chapter 1 40 to 45 let's read that mark chapter 1 verses 40 through 45 now a leper came to him imploring jesus kneeling down to him and saying to jesus if you are willing you can make me clean then jesus moved with compassion stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him i am willing be cleansed as soon as he had spoken immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed and he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him see that you say nothing to anyone but go to your way show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which moses commanded as a testimony to them however he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that jesus could no longer openly enter in the city but was outside in desert places and they came to him from every direction here we read jesus dealing with leprosy you know with this concept with this mindset if you go back and read all the miracles jesus was not really displaying the power that he has he was addressing a social cause there suddenly jesus had compassion over this man you know jesus had power to heal the leprosy jesus here we see jesus was reaching out and touching that man a social 
issue there. Nobody touches a leper. Lepers are supposed to cover themselves and sit at the outside the gate of the city and cry out, leper, leper, so that nobody will come near to them. More than that, I believe Jesus was dealing with the social stigma associated with the disease. The one who has a disease is equivalent to a dead human. Because people are at any time, they are willing to throw stones at him and kill him and destroy him. Jesus, man of God, son of God, standing there and looking at that outcast and telling him, you have a place in my kingdom. You have a place in my kingdom. This morning we are talking about the kind of responsibility that you and I have towards the society. If we close our eyes, God is going to judge us one day. We will get there soon. Jesus and the social justice. Social justice is a very broad topic. I still try to understand that. But this morning with the light of the word of God, this is what we are going to talk about. Just having faith in God is not enough. Did you listen to me? Just having faith in God is not enough. Our faith needs to be put in action. Just having faith in God, saying that I follow Lord God very closely. I listen to his voice every day. The question is, what is the use? What is the use? You can see that I keep away from all my sins, all the sins of this world. I live a perfect life. I live a holy life. It's good to have the faith. But if the faith is not put in action, it is useless. And it is very important that God has called us in the walk that we are in today because he expects us to move. He expects us to act. He expects us you know, not really to grow in spiritually and become bulky. No. He expects us to go and deliver what we receive. To whom the more is given, more is expected. It is good to sit and listen to the sermons. But every time you listen to the sermons, the more is expected. The more is expected. This morning I just want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Verses 41 to 43. On the day when Jesus is seated on the judgment throne. We read from verse 41. Matthew chapter 25. Then he will also say to those who are on the left hand side, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Why God is throwing them and telling them, You depart from me, you cursed, go into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil. Verse 42 says, For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and I was in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then Jesus will answer them saying, Assuredly I say to you, in as much as you did not do it to one of the least of these, 
you did not do it to me. God is not going to judge us because your faith level has come down a little bit. God is not going to judge us because you did not come to every prayer in the church. God is not going to judge us because you did not take time, you did not give to me, or you did not do this, that. But God is going to judge us if you are not careful, if you are really not considering socially outcasts, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, unknown person coming into your doorstep, unknown person walking into the church, somebody who is naked, somebody who is sick, somebody who is in prison. I believe that's the reason churches have sick ministry, visiting the hospitals. That's the reason churches have prison ministry, visiting the prisons. And Jesus is selling, your salvation alone is not going to take you to heaven. Your anointing is not going to take you to heaven. But, but it is very important that you need to address the social causes that we see today. You know, church cannot really close their eyes and say, always pray. No, that is not enough. You need to pray, you need to grow in faith, and you need to go out and put the faith in action. If not, God's judgment is going to come upon us. God honors such people, the hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, sick, the prisoner. Psalm 68, 5 scripture says, He is the father of a fatherless. He is a defender of widows. He is the father of the fatherless. He is a defender of widows. You know, God is a jealous God. He will stand on behalf of a widow and he will do it for her. Our God is a such a God. It is time that we fall in that line with the Lord God. If you come across somebody who is an orphan, if you come across somebody who is a widow, just do not fail to give a smile, give a hug, try to talk to her, talk to him and find out what is their need. They are going through much more what we go through emotionally. They are hurt because their life is broken, their life is shattered. But God has given us good families. God has given us good children, good spouses, church. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. James chapter 2. I want to read a couple of verses and we are going to pray. James chapter 2. Verses 2. To four, James chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes, and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judged with the evil thoughts? You know, God cannot really handle it. God cannot really handle it. You know, when such thing happens in our lives, when such thing happens in the congregation, God cannot handle it. God expects us 
you consider everyone equally finally you want to close with the scripture isaiah chapter 11 sorry isaiah chapter 1 verse 17 a beautiful scripture the prophet isaiah wrote isaiah chapter 1 isaiah chapter 1 verse 17 scripture says learn to do good Seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Can we read that again? Learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. You know, God is very particular about those who are oppressed in the society. And this morning, God is telling you and me, it is time. That you need to open your eyes wide open to see those who are socially oppressed. The kind of cause, that social causes that the world is trying to handle. As a church, we have a role in that. How do we do it? When we start individually. When we start paying attention to such things happening around us. And when the Lord puts the burden in our hearts. When we bring that to the church. And as a church, we will go out and address those issues. And this morning, I believe God has spoken to us. God may continue to open our eyes in those areas where Jesus was very particular to address those issues. And it is the same expectation that God has over the church this morning. Let's shall be close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.